0: This is Matt. I'm the lead pastor of Westminster Baptist Church. Thanks for engaging God's word with us. Uh, my prayer for you is that this would be supplemental to your discipleship journey. Uh, if we can connect you with a local church or discipleship group, uh, please contact us at info at
1: We declare that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There is no one like you, Jesus. There is no one like you. There is no one who has ever been like you, and no one ever will. Father, you are so powerful and strong. God, we declare in the name of Jesus that you break strongholds. God, that you loose chains. We believe, Father, that you cover us in your blood. You give us your peace. You take our fear, you take our anxiety, you take our depression. God, you take our struggles. You hold them in your hands, Father. You are there, you are waiting, and all we have to do, God, is just come before you declaring that you are Jesus Christ. God, we love you, we praise you, we thank you so much for this time of worship. We feel you in this place, we feel your presence. Father, may we never take that for granted. God, that you so willingly come and meet with your people, Father. You give us peace in our moments of struggle. We love you. It's your holy name that we pray. Amen.
0: Amen, church. Last week we saw that Jesus came to rescue sinners to which we are part of that crew. Knowing that we are sinners, it's good to know that Jesus came to save us. Amen. And as we look to the future, so we've looked to the past and seen cultural context to which Jesus came into, we're going to look to the future and see what Jesus is coming back for. You see, it's hard to understand where we are without understanding what Jesus did and what Jesus will do. When we better understand what Jesus will do, we can better understand how to live our lives today. Now, this is important for us to be able to culturally live out, contextually live out our faith All right, so let's pause for a moment and ask ourselves the question: Do you ever feel like time flies by in your life? Y'all with me, you got like, I got, man, I got a girl who's six years old, my little girl. I feel like, I feel like she's one, you know? I'm like looking at her like, where'd my baby girl go, you know? She's playing soccer. I'm coaching her. I'm watching her run out there and kick a soccer ball. And I'm like, I don't even understand how you can walk right now and talk. And she's talking about me, to, to me about deep things and like theological questions. And I'm like, man, where are these coming from? You're my, you're my little baby, and she's six years old. Man, time flies by. I think oftentimes in my life, I have to take moments where I just slow down. Do y'all have to do this? Like, just a day where you're like, okay, I'm not going to work. I am not going to focus on work. You have to constantly tell yourself that like every three or four minutes. You feel me? You have to just constantly tell yourselves that. And, uh... You okay? You okay? okay I'm sorry can we, can we pray do you want to pray
1: one of the triplets had a plus
2: palate when he was born very small in the back of his third. yeah and David just sent us a text saying that it was completely undetectable after
0: just landing dance on that baby oh amen and say in Jesus name it's going to be healed he won't need surgery he's going to be fine let's go Woo! amen let's go well praise God yeah. amen it's okay. We can always stop for prayer and uh, victory. So, uh, well, that's good because we're supposed to slow down. And, uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, um, praise the Lord. And we love your little triplets. Um, so, uh, oftentimes, though, in my life, I'm just being real and honest. Like, that's hard for me to do, to slow down and pause. And one of the things that makes it most difficult for me. Is I see the grass on the other side and it always looks greener. All right, I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. Does anybody else feel that way? Like you see the grass? Okay, y'all with me. Let's be honest with each other right now. You see the grass on the other side and you're like, man, that just looks better. Here's what I do this is probably the worst part about what I do with that. I don't like to sit. My wife has to, has to often remind me in a good, good way, just relax because I'm running, going, working. I want to I win. I've told you this before. I always want to go and I want to achieve whatever I can to get to that greener grass. I'm always trying to get to that next point. Sometimes I've got to slow down. But a lot of times I just want to keep moving forward. And I want to ask you a question today. When you're looking at that greener grass on the other side, when you're sprinting through life, and when you don't slow down to just enjoy the victories and the moments that God is having in your life, do you ever find yourself going, I just want to get to, to that moment where Jesus returns and takes me out of this place? Like You look at culture and you're like, man, this place is messed up. Like, when I look around me, I see all the, the, the mistakes and the mess and the struggles and the, the hurt and the heartbreak, all those different things. You're just like, I want to get out of here, Lord. Get me out of here. I think what we forget sometimes is God was, is not surprised where you live. He's not surprised by the culture to which you engage in. He's not surprised by the people who are around you. He's not surprised by the, the frustrations and the struggles that you see and you dislike. He's not surprised by the culture that he called you into. It's not random. This was not random that you were born into this culture, called into this culture, that he has sent you into this culture. It's not random. He has you for this time. Has anybody else ever been like, man, I, I think I was supposed to be born 100 years ago? <laughs> I've thought that often in my life. I'm like, man, I think I, I should have been born back when we were like cabins and like there was just not craziness in life. I would love being outdoors. I love, like I don't need all that stuff. And then I'm like, man, there wasn't good health care back then though. Like we didn't have all these things. And you think through it and you're like, ah, oh, I don't know if I actually, you know, God is not surprised to the culture which you live in. He's not surprised. In fact, I think it's it's helpful for us to think through this, and and I want to be careful I say, but I think it's helpful for us to think through. Do you think Jesus at any point in his life was like, uh, man, this culture is really bad? Uh, I really don't want to go to the cross and my friends are all abandoning me and my family. And he's like, hey, Father, let's, let's take two. Let's, let's try this thing again. We're going to skip forward three or four hundred years, find a culture that's a little bit better, who doesn't want to kill me and whose friends will stick with me because I'm really tired of that Peter guy. You know, do you think Jesus was ever in that moment? No. God the Father sent Jesus at the appointed time, the perfect time, the right time for Jesus to engage that culture, and Jesus has sent you too. The culture that you face today is not a surprise to God, and He's not trying to back out or escape from it. Rather, He's sending you into it. And we talk about this a lot, but I just want to remind us, God is real, His Word is true, we are His people, we are sinners, and Jesus rescues sinners. So when we ask the question, what would Jesus do, the answer is always, He would rescue sinners. And if so, He's called us to rescue sinners too. And this morning, I want you to be, walk, to be able to walk away knowing that if Jesus rescued sinners, he will rescue us too. And he's going to leave you in this world to rescue sinners. I think that's, that's what's got to transform in my mind. and I think maybe hopefully in our hearts and minds too as well in this room, is that sometimes we just got to take a step back and ask the question, God, are you surprised by what I face today? And if not, did you leave me here intentionally? If I have another breath, is it for a purpose? Did you give me a reason for this moment? You see, because I think what happens is oftentimes people uh, 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 try to guess when Jesus is coming back. It's like, well, it's 2013 he's going to come back. Anybody alive uh, in 2000 when everybody thought the world was... Uh, crumbling. Everything was changed. January 1st, 2000, Jesus coming back, right? Electricity was cutting off. I don't know why. One day, faster, you know, cut off earlier in China than it is in America. Like, how do you even justify that? I don't know. They probably had reasons. Regardless, everybody tries to guess when Jesus is coming back, and they've all been wrong. You know why? Because Jesus said, no one knows the time. No one knows when he's coming back, Right? But we all, everybody tries to guess it. Like, man, he's, he's got to be coming back now. You don't understand, Matt, how bad this culture is. We talked about this a little bit last week. You don't understand how bad the culture is. And I'm like, okay, you, 1910, pastors around the world, they were saying the same thing. Look at the world, World War I, like devastation. Spanish flu, devastation everywhere. They're like, Jesus is coming back for sure this year. You know what happens when, uh, when they're wrong? The world starts to doubt us. You know what happens too? They, they start saying, hey, uh, Jesus is coming back in a week. People start believing in Jesus because they're like, man, I don't want to go to hell. So I'm believe in Jesus. And then when he doesn't come back, you know what happens? They doubt their faith too. All these Christians told me Jesus was coming back. He didn't come back. They must be wrong. You start giving out dates and people start doubting the church and start doubting what we're saying and they start doubting their faith and all of a sudden the church is a joke because we keep assuming that Jesus is coming back on this date and the point is not when Jesus comes back but the point is that Jesus is coming back. Look, y'all, it's biblical to anticipate Jesus. Anybody ready for Jesus to come back? Yeah, it's called Maranatha. Paul says it, Paul says that we can say it too. Jesus, come quick. Like we can request, pray, uh, desire Jesus to come back. But we cannot put a date on which Jesus is coming back, when Jesus come back. And here's the problem with that. Oftentimes when you put a date on when Jesus is coming back, now you've in your mind what you're doing is you're thinking, I need to get to that date. We need to get to that date. Let's get out of this place. Look, Christianity is not an escape rope. Christianity is not an escape rope out of this world. If it was, then why did Jesus come into it? In fact, in Revelation it tells us that Jesus is not calling us out of the world, but that he's coming into our world again. Heaven on earth earth. It's always been the planet. It's always been the goal. In fact, I'd argue that heaven's already here. If heaven is the presence of God, is Jesus not alive in you? Is the Spirit of God not working in you? The presence of God is in you. We are inviting the heaven, the earth, to collide together as God comes into his earth, ushering his kingship and lordship over this place. You see, when when all we're thinking about is how do I get out of this place rather than how do I go into this place, then now we've completely abandoned what Christ has called us to do. Jesus is not giving you an escape rope. He's strengthening you. And I want to show you this in three different passages. I want to show you how looking at the future of what Jesus will do will affect the way we live today. So I'm going to take you through three passages. As you turn to John 17, I want to give you this idea to be thinking about, and that is that we live our lives as if he is, His return is coming, not because of the brokenness in this world, but because of the grace and justice of God. Now, as you turn into John 17, I want you to be thinking about this because... I think oftentimes what we think is the world is so bad that Jesus is is coming back, but I want to remind you that Jesus doesn't come into the world because of guilt. He didn't create this world and go, whoops, I made a mistake. Sorry, I guess I better do something about it because I kind of made this mistake. That's not what drives God. God is not a God driven by guilt. He's driven by compassion, grace, and justice, mercy, love. It doesn't say for God so for God felt so guilty that he sent his son in the world. For God so loved the world. Yeah, and when we think about how bad our culture is, when we think about, man, if it gets this bad, surely Jesus is gonna come back. Like it's this capacity that he's definitely gonna come back. What we start to think is it's our brokenness that ushers Jesus in. It's not, it's his love. It's His initiating grace, initiating love that drives Him to come into a broken world. His love for us when He hears the Israelites in Egypt crying out to Him, it's not simply because of the brokenness, it's because He has grace and mercy and love. I can't imagine what our world would be like if He didn't have grace. I don't think Jesus would come into the world if He didn't have grace. He'd probably just destroy it man, we have a gracious God who came into our world. Ask yourself this question. What does your heart look like? What are your words looking like right about now? Are they full of what? Are they full of like guilt? Are they full of like wrath? Or are they full of that grace and mercy that goes, man, God called me here just like he came into this world. Like God called me into this world. He's not surprised by where you are. Let me show it to you in three ways. John 17, 15 says, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. You see, Jesus didn't take his disciples with him. I wonder if any of the disciples were like, come on, man. Like, why'd you leave us here? Right? You've probably heard me say often, and especially in our Acts series, like, Jesus ascends into heaven, and there's the disciples kind of watching him ascend. I wonder if any of them were like, seriously? (laughs) What are you doing? They didn't even have the Holy Spirit at that time. And what do they do they go get in the room and they're just like waiting there and it shakes it up and the holy spirit comes pouring down on them and then what do they do they scatter out why because god didn't put them into a room to isolate and wait for him to come back otherwise he'd have taken them then he put them there for a reason to scatter we say this often at the church we gather to scatter acts tells us to go scatter and preach You see, the purpose of us, what we're doing here right now is to strengthen us to go. You are always being strengthened. John 17, 15, look at what it says. I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but what? Protect them from the evil one. So Jesus didn't take his disciples with him. Look at at Philippians 1, 23 through 26. I want to show you that Jesus didn't take Paul either. So Jesus didn't take his disciples with him. Now look at this, Philippians 1, 23 through 26. I'm torn between the two. I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. There's that Maranatha. Not a bad thing for you to aspire to be in heaven with God. Not a bad thing per se, but we have to understand what we're doing here. We have to understand the purpose here. We have to understand what God's doing in our lives here. And here's where Paul brings it in, verse 24. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. He understands his calling, right? I love, like, Paul talks all the time about his calling. He says, man, I'm called as a citizen of heaven. He recognizes he's a citizen of heaven, but what is this calling right now? So here's what it draws us to. Are you being intentional with this moment? Dads, are you being intentional with this moment? Moms, are you being intentional with this moment? Spouses, how are you being intentional with today? God didn't call you and get surprised by the difficulty that you face today. He called you to today. So whatever you face today, God has called you into that to be an administration, administering God's grace to the world in the midst of it. God's not surprised by the moment you face today. So how are you going to be intentional in it to share God's grace, love, mercy in this moment? Philippians through 26 shows that Paul would remain in the flesh because it was necessary for those whom were around him to continue to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ so that, verse 26, they make boast in Christ Jesus. Have you decided to be intentional with those who are around you that they might be led to boast in Jesus Christ? How have you changed your life, what you do, what you say, who you engage with, how you engage them, that they might boast in Jesus Christ alone. Are you being intentional with every single moment that you have? Now, I want to show you, you may say, but well, that was the disciples and that was Paul, but but Matt, has God left us here to rescue sinners like us? Like, why hasn't he taken us out of this? You don't understand how bad this culture is. I want to show you 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 through 5. Uh, all Scripture is written to a particular people, but for us. We gather truth from it. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 through 5. Says this. In addition, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people for not all have faith. Now, pause there for a moment. Who do you think Paul's talking about when he says wicked and evil people? Right? We talked about this last week, right? The church at Thessalonica is in the Greco-Roman Empire. These are the people we discussed last week. This is not a beautiful, pure, blameless culture. As Paul would say it, they are wicked and evil people to the point where you would understand how depraved and messed up their culture was. He wants you to understand how depraved and messed up they are for the next statement. Okay, watch this. Verse 3, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. God is not surprised by the evil and wickedness that you face today. Instead, Paul and Jesus are commending, challenging you, commanding you to be strengthened and protected in the midst of it. Y'all, nobody needs to wear armor in Ephesians if we're not facing a battle. Nobody needs to be strengthened if we're not fighting. Nobody needs to be guarded if somebody's not against us. Why do we need God to protect us if we don't have an enemy? Today you will face the enemy. Today you will face a battle. It's not if, it's just you're going to. And as you do, we are being strengthened, guarded, protected. We have armor, as Ephesians tells us, to face these battles. But now here's the point. Jesus knew you were going to face the battles and he still didn't take you away. Why? Because he has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for you, man. Every battle is difficult, but we got God with us. We've got to understand this truth to be able to stay in this moment. If you're going to be intentional in this moment, you've got to remember the Spirit of God is here with you. And I think that's why the truth comes down to this, is that we were not given an escape rope. We were given strengthening. We were given endurance. Look at verse 5. May the Lord direct your hearts to God's love and Christ's endurance. I mean, y'all, Paul just prayed that you would have the endurance of Christ, who was rejected by his friends, put on a cross, rejected by his nation and other nations, killed on a cross, and buried in the grave. Would you have that kind of endurance? Like that's what God wants for you, is to have that kind of strengthening, that kind of guarding, that kind of protection, and that kind of endurance that you might endure the difficulties you face today. And not only that, but God's love. Now think about God's love. The initiating love of God. Think about what He did and how far He was willing to go for you. How far will you go for others? You're wrapped up in that God's love, Christ's endurance. That's what you need in this culture. For this moment, what do you need? God's love, Christ's endurance. Go into culture with God's love and endure with Christ's endurance. Like that's what I would challenge you with. And maybe today you're like, man, I want to go. I did go. I mean, look, I'm wearing a shirt about how we went. Like our church isn't giving up. Amen? Like we don't see a lost and dying world and think, well, it's lost and dead, and we're just going to give it up. We know that Christ is the one who wakes things up, so we're going to take Christ in the midst of it. I recognize who I'm preaching to, but I want to ask you this question. What are you doing with your day-to-day? What are you doing with your moment? Because what I'm talking about is what would Jesus do in this moment? What would Jesus do right now? What would Jesus do in your marriage, with your children, with your coworkers? Because I understand, man, coworkers are difficult. I told the second service, man, if you are in here and you're one of my coworkers, don't say anything right now. But uh, if you have difficult coworkers, right? God's called you to them. You might be that difficult co-worker, though. uh, Regardless, God has called you into the midst of darkness to light it up, and that doesn't mean that you're going into light to light it up. It means you're going to go into difficult situations. Look, don't, 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 man. Don't walk out on your children. Man, when they are facing the most difficult times in their life, making the worst decisions they've made, how can you take that moment to light up that darkness? Now, I know that looks different for everybody. You've got to make different decisions in those moments, but I hope you will be driven by this truth. Christ came into the midst of darkness to rescue sinners. Let that transform every decision you make with everybody you meet. Jesus came into the midst of darkness to rescue sinners, and He left you here on purpose. It's not like He abandoned you, though. I mean, to be, it's one thing to be left like alone somewhere, and not have anybody with you that you know and not speak the same language as you speak and like you're just like man I have nobody around me that would be really like disheartening and struggle Jesus didn't leave you that way he said look I'm going to give you a counselor I'm going to give you strength I'm going to give you somebody to go with you till the end of the age right the Holy Spirit is in you why so that you're not alone so that he didn't just leave you alone in this world but he left you with his spirit in you God's presence with you because we're going to light up the darkness and I need you to contextualize that because I don't want you to ask, hey man, when's, when's the next time we're going to sin relief can, so I can go to that? I want you to ask this question. When's the next time I'm going to speak to my child and light up the darkness? When's the next time I'm going to speak to my coworker and light up the darkness? Well, you know, you know, I think we should just say the same thing that Paul did in Philippians 1, and 24. I'm torn between the two, man. I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for whose sake? That's the question for you today. Whose sake? Who is God in this moment, today, and for tomorrow, and for the next day? Who is God giving you that they might boast in Jesus Christ? You see, I think here's what happens. The grass looks greener on the other side. And rather than stay in the moment that God has us, we always want to get to the other side. And the difficulty is sometimes that other side looks so good that we're willing to do anything to get to it. And I think in Christianity we've made up this thing where it's like Jesus is coming this day, Jesus is coming that day, Jesus is coming this day. And really what Jesus is saying is, be faithful. I know that grass don't look green. Man, it's dried up and dead. I know that field's got thorns in it. I know there's a lot of potholes. Man, I know it's messed up, but that's where I came to. Like, that's what I feel like Jesus would say to us right now. If he could come back and just see us, he's like, I know what you're facing, but I was willing to go to the cross. Will you follow me? And as a church, we're kind of like, no, we just want you to come back and get us out of (laughs) here. So we should not be hiding until his coming. We should not be isolating with believers. We should not be neglecting our calling. Rather, we should anticipate His coming. Worship and celebrate the risen King and preach with zeal. Because if Jesus is coming back, somebody's got to tell the world about it. And I think that somebody might be us. So church, whether it's your child, coworker, sibling, parent, whoever it is, maybe they need to hear Jesus. Maybe they need to hear about Jesus. Not tied to when he's coming back, but tied to that he's coming back. Because when he does come back, he's going to bring love and grace, but he's also going to bring justice. So my gospel response for you this morning is the band comes forward. I got two for you. That's this. Give your family the blessing of intentionality. I just want to ask you to be intentional with your family this week. To just ask, what do I need to do to slow down, pause in this moment, and bring the light in the midst of my family? Like, I, I just, I'm going to join in with you on doing this. Would you just slow down with me and just ask, how can I invest in my family this week? Another question I have for you as a gospel response is, would you just slow down with me and ask, what does this culture need with intentionality? How can I be part of God's work in this culture? I mean, it is hard for me to slow down. Have you heard how fast I preach? (laughs) Like, it's hard for me to even just, like, say this gospel response slow. But just, can we just slow down? and really just ask the question, God, how are you using me in this moment? Man, when the rat race subsides, when chasing the greener grass subsides, I think we find Jesus calling. And I hope somewhere in Jesus calling, we'll find you on your knees, submitting to whatever he has for you. And maybe in God's grace, I'll be there alongside you. We'll walk together together, And we'll figure out this journey in life of being in God's will and not escaping. So I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to ask you in this time to be still. You can even just, man, if you just would, just close your eyes. I mean, this is. Just in this moment, just to close your eyes and just to be still and really just ask the Lord this what does He have for you in this moment? Not to escape, not to try to break free from the difficulty, not to escape the pain. But God, what do you have for me in this moment, in these days? And so, Father, with your people listening and pausing, would you speak to us? God, would you give us clarity on what you have for us in these moments? Would you help us to understand why you've placed us in this culture with these difficulties and in this moment? for Your glory. Help us to understand why You put us here, why You left us here with Your Spirit. Give us clarity. Give us direction. And when there's not, just help us to have faith. And Father, no matter how difficult this side of the field gets, no matter how dry the grass gets, and how many potholes we face, Father, give us strength guard us and protect us that we might not just pursue the greener grass Father I love you and I trust you in your son's name Amen
2: Set me free
0: Amen, church. Remember, you are sending the midst of darkness slide light it up. I hope you have a great week and be intentional with the opportunities you have this week. We'll see you all next week. If you have any questions about the sermon or would like to know more about following after Jesus, uh, please contact us and we would love to talk more about your relationship with Christ and how you can grow in your spiritual journey.